Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Sunday, Oscars Sunday, April 25th. Like, years later this year than it normally is. Uh, 2021, year four of the Beantown Podcast. What's going on? How are you? What's happening? And what is new with you? My name is Quinn, and this is my show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you are having a nice spring day wherever you are and whenever you are listening to it. Uh, the show we're recording on Sunday afternoon, about 2.30 p.m. local time. And today is Oscars Sunday typically a pretty big day uh, for us here at the podcast and also for me personally you know the last couple years last uh, two years I've done fun little like video shorts uh, for the Oscars because typically I get really into it so when I, I lived in Baltimore for a portion of the time I had movie pass right that was I think the movie pass thing was slightly before we started the podcast because otherwise that would have been great podcast fodder um movie pass for those of you who don't remember was and it, it's now you know it, extinct but it was a company a silicon valley company that basically they had a variety of you know packages and rates that sort of thing but in its heyday, in the one that I was a part of, you it was this simple. You literally pay $9.99 a month, and you can see unlimited movies at you know participating theaters, of which it was pretty much everybody, at least close to me. It was it was you know every theater around me, including the local like indie art house theater, which was great. I saw when I lived in Baltimore at the Charles Theater uh, on Charles between Penn Station and 25th some great movies that you know are not the the big hollywood blockbusters but you know fantastic films um and often oftentimes films that end up you know doing really well at you know the the spirit awards or sometimes even the oscars but uh that was that was movie pass and when i was when i was locked in to movie pass i was just going nuts and then for a brief period of time after MoviePass went out of business, there was another company, uh, Cinemia, S-I-N-E-M-I-A, that was kind of similar, but it was just, it was total like B version of MoviePass. It was really glitchy, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. So that was, you know, primarily when I lived in Baltimore, I saw a ton of movies. I mean, it was common for me in in when i was really in rhythm to see two or three movies a week in fact there were you know, there was at least one winter maybe both where i wasn't really running and i wouldn't drink in january at least so i would you know outside of work hours i literally had nothing i was doing and so i would just like go use my movie pass to see some movies multiple times like i think i saw call me by your name like three times in movie theaters or something like that um and there were a couple other movies kind of in that era like lady bird um another timothy chalamet movie anyways kind of you know art movies like that that i saw so many times just because i could because uh, i wasn't paying each time i was just paying 99 9.99 a month my the point of this story is that in the and it's not just covid but in the last year plus really two years ever since i moved back to chicago i just haven't been into the movies as much um 
you know, they're, you know, now I'm paying, you know, 12 bucks a movie, whereas before it was $10 a month for unlimited movies. So there's obviously a really huge price differential there. Um, but it's also just been tough, especially the last year. Um, you know, a lot of movie theaters are not open for obvious reasons. And then recently in Chicago, um, some of my go-tos have just straight up closed, gone out of business. Um, the Regal Webster Theater, which is at Webster and like Clybourne, um, kind of right by the river, that has uh, closed down. My favorite memory of that was a couple summers ago. <laughs> the only, I think, don't hold me to this because I don't know for sure, but I think the only movie I've ever seen a midnight premiere for once upon a time in hollywood i went with my brother jack and a friend of his we sat in the front row because those were the only seats that were left um and we watched like a three-hour movie which rests in peace to our necks in particular my brother jack he really suffered the most because he was all all the way in the corner but we saw that at regal webster and that place has since closed down and then arclight cinemas uh in chicago they are no just that's a nationwide you know movie uh chain they have since shut down that was like a month ago they they ceased operations there was one in new city a shopping complex um right at north and clybourne here in chicago so we're uh we're taking a hit we've lost some of the good ones i know the the movie theater by me in rogers park is the new 400 theaters um and they haven't been showing movies for a year for a year um so really i'm at a lack of options my overall point what i'm really getting to here is that today is the oscars and i am just not into it this year that's the other thing not only movies but like the oscars themselves typically i'm really into it started you know maybe five years ago when i was in college um, i had a friend who got me onto the habit of watching every best picture nomination of you know at the time there were five seven something like that now they do nine per year um and so i've been doing that uh but i have not done that this year and we're going to pull up in a second here i'll pull up the list on my phone of this year's best picture nominations and i'll talk you through the ones that i have seen um, and i'll kind of give my takes on all of them and that's kind of the extent of what we're doing today but um yeah i i just haven't seen them some of them are just it's, you know, some of them are like not accessible. You can pay like $20 to rent them through, you know, the internet. But it's just like, man, if I'm going to pay that much, I would rather just go to the theater and have an actual experience. But of course, it's not an option. So it's been a tough year for sure. Um, what, I, what I was saying to kind of get us into this story, the last couple of years I've done some skits. Um, that have been kind of fun. The first first one, which was two years ago, when I still lived in Baltimore, maybe three years ago. No, I think it was just two years ago. I did my Oscars stand up uh, or my Oscars monologue, which was a lot of fun. And it's it's one of those things where I can look back and still laugh because I remember the movies. If you were to watch it now and you weren't a cinephile, a lot of the jokes probably won't make sense because you know they're very timely. They're appropriate to the movies that are nominated at the time, but it was still fun, right? I did stand up in my kitchen for like a ten minute segment, um, and it's just kind of like a big, uh, a bigger project that I did. That was a lot of fun. Last year, I just did like a short, um, kind of like a short form video, and I'll have to go back and rewatch it. I think that one was still pretty good too. Or maybe, was that two years ago already? No, that was just last year. It's hard to keep track. Time really blurs. Um, I did not do anything this year. I haven't been into it. The Oscars, 
it's weird, right? Because they're so much later this year. Typically, they're either in late February or early March, and today's April 25th when they're happening. Um, but at the same time, they kind of snuck up on me. Um, I just, maybe it's, just, I just like, I'm not watching primetime TV with ads or movies or what, but I just like haven't seen any buzz around it. Um, yeah, it's they're just kind of happening. So we'll I'll give a quick take on the the best picture noms. But what I'm not doing this year, and what I want to make sure I give a you know full disclosure to before uh, we jump into anything here, you might all be uh, you know anxiously ready and about to be disappointed each year for our Oscars special. Of which this year I'm not counting it. It's there's nothing special about it. It's just a short short episode. We usually get our friend and fellow podcaster Ryan Austin Ligon English on the show here, a dear friend of the podcast who's been on multiple times. Uh, and we run through Oscars picks together, and you know it's it's fun. We keep track like who who gets how many right that sort of thing um and we're just straight up not doing it this year neither one of us uh are really into the oscars neither one of us are very caught up on the movies that are nominated so actually i had to text ryan this week and just be like hey i'm not doing it this year i'm still doing a show but i'm not doing like a full-blown oscars special with predictions and it's not you it's me um so yeah i texted ryan but ryan also if you're listening to this just want you to know again i'm not bumping you i'm uh just you know i we're just not doing it okay so if you do want to hear ryan's sweet sweet voice you can go back and listen to one of the first three oscar specials we did or you can go find his um podcast which is not currently running but um it was great when it was on, and I would very much welcome it coming back into the mainstream, the Car Ride Convos podcast with his wife, Kristen, um, which I was on once or twice. So, um, yeah, go go out and listen to that on YouTube. It's pretty good stuff. Um, I'll mention that listener discretion is advised when we're lis- uh, when you're listening to the Bean Town podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. But I'll tell you what's going to happen today. I am recording... Uh, away from home, I'm at my girlfriend's house, and I. The full disclosure is, we're gonna keep it quick. We're gonna keep it snappy and efficient. I'm gonna say what I want to say, which I haven't figured that out yet. But it's also a good John Mayer song, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, we'll still do still do a little ad, uh, or or a couple ads here, but uh, yeah, what I'm gonna do, and I'm trying to think like, is there anything else I need to cover? from this past week that happened not really just apartment hunting and looking or or, um working obviously i need to start taking some vacation it's april 25th i don't have i haven't taken a vacation day yet this year um the only time off i have planned in the calendar year is uh for my brother's wedding three days off a wednesday thursday friday uh later in the year planned for that but uh gotta make some moves last year it was like mid-june when i took my first day off i think that was too late not for any reason other than just like it was unnecessary um yeah i think it's just like i don't know my job is weird because i have so many i don't always necessarily feel like super busy but i oftentimes have like busy work type of things that are you know cyclical from a weekly basis where it's just like if i take time off 
there is a level of coordination and collaboration that goes into it to like get my stuff covered, even though it's not like super high level in regards to the importance of running the office. It's still like, like a, like a Friday information session. I'm responsible. And if, and when I take vacation, someone else has to cover and it won't be too bad. Actually a heads up, I can't really disclose too much of this, but we have a new person coming into the office in about three weeks here, which is exciting because we've been understaffed since July. Um, from five full-time workers down to four, which is a lot, right? You just, you know, that's 20% of your workforce gone. So that's exciting. But uh, yada, yada, yada. Need to need to take some time off, okay? Quinster needs a little break. I also haven't, I mean, I went to my parents' house uh, over the holidays for nine days, something like that. But other than that, I haven't, like, done anything or gone anywhere other than going to uh, Michigan for an anniversary, just a three-day weekend, and um, haven't gone anywhere since our great road trip through the Northeast in October, right? That's half a year ago already, okay? I think I need a little break. Uh, Let's pull up the Best Picture nominations here. There are nine of them. I think I've seen four or five of them. Um, but they're all good films, right? There's nothing nominated that's like, oh my gosh, why was this nominated? So I'll go, I'll, I'll just give you a quick rundown. Maybe you're not familiar, you know, with the list and this will give you an opportunity. And I think these are all worth watching. Now it is worth noting. These are not all films that are just like easily accessible, right? You can't just like click a button and start watching every single one of these films. But if you're savvy, you know how to operate a Google search um, with you know the right terms and that sort of thing, I bet you can find them. So I'm just going in order of the way they're listed. There's no rhyme or reason to how they're listed. It's not alphabetical. Sound of Metal is first. And I'm literally, I'm not, you know, reading off a list. I'll also give you a prediction of who I think is going to win, but it's going to be completely like out of left field because I haven't read any like articles about the Oscars this year. I haven't read predictions. I haven't read like breakdowns. It's just, it's just going to happen, which is kind of refreshing because usually I'm the opposite. Usually I just get super far into it and then you got betting odds and whatever. This year I'm going in blind. Uh, so first, the first best picture nomination is the sound is sound of metal, not the sound of metal, just sound of metal. And from what I know about it, Riz Ahmed plays a uh, a drummer, and he was also nominated for Best Actor, I think. He's the first, I don't know, is it Arab American or Muslim American? I don't know how it's you know categorized, uh, but he's he was the first one to be nominated for Best Actor, I think. Basically, think of Whiplash, and this is just my understanding of it. This is not a film I've seen. But the premise is not like he's a student. The premise is he's a drummer that's going deaf. And the guy who plays like his, not ALS teacher, but someone who works with him from a therapeutic perspective got nominated for Best Supporting, and this guy I've never heard of. I don't even remember his name. But that's Sound of Metal. It sounds really interesting. Uh, It got nominated for a bunch of, or not a bunch of, I think both the Sound Awards, as you'd expect as well. And that's definitely one one I want to see. You know, as a musician... Um, 
it, it just seems like a you know it's a very interesting premise. So I I would be looking forward to seeing that one. I don't know how to watch it. Um, I don't know. It might be on Hulu. I'm not sure. But check it out if you have the time, and I will join you shortly. Um, this next one is probably the one that I'm least excited about, and honestly, probably never going to see. Mank, the Gary Oldman movie. It's black and white. It's basically, it's one of those like Hollywood makes a movie about Hollywood kind of movies like La La Land or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, it's, I, and I, here, I, here's where I'm showing my ignorance. I'm not reading off anything. I think it's about the making of Citizen Kane, something like that. Mank is the shorthand for like Howard Mankowitz, something like that. He was like the producer or the writer or something like that. And it's him, it's Gary Oldman and Man Seyfried. And one other actress, I don't remember who, but it's just like a Hollywood movie about Hollywood, okay? So if you're a huge, like, old-timey 1940s, 50s black-and-white film buff, you'll probably love it. For the rest of us, I'm just like, eh. I'm sure I'd, I'm sure if I, like, went and sat down in a theater and had a theater experience, I'd enjoy it. But there's no way you're going to catch me, like just sitting on my couch at home for two hours watching this by myself, okay? That's make. Um, Minari. This is probably, out of all the ones I haven't seen, probably the one that I'm like, I really want to see this the most, is Steven Yoon. He's um, the first Asian-American to be nominated for Best Actor, I believe. And I think it's basically kind of like Grapes of Wrath. I think it's, what, 1950s um, Korean immigrants to Arkansas, I think is the state. I actually don't know that except for the fact that I was reading an Onion article that was breaking down the Best Picture nominees, and they kept talking about Arkansas. So I assume Minari is about Korean immigrants to Arkansas. Um, but it's just kind of, I mean, it's very timely, obviously, Asian uh, discrimination. But it's just kind of about, you know, they, they start a farm or they work on a farm as Asian immigrants and the kind of the the discrimination and the issues they face, right? It's a classic American story, immigrant story, very timely. Um, and you know, it's just going to be very well acted as well. Um, so yeah, that's Minari. Haven't seen it. Um, finally one I have seen, Rachel and I watched this one maybe three or four weeks ago, promising young, is it women or woman? I think it's promising young woman, uh, Carrie Mulligan, who just hosted SNL last weekend and a whole bunch of other people like, I don't even remember who all is in it. Bo Burnham kind of plays the male lead. Christopher Rince Pass, however you say his name. McLovin, you all remember him. Uh, a couple other guys. I'm trying to remember. Oh, Max Greenfield has a very small role. Basically, it's a really complex film from like a societal gender narrative perspective. And I don't think I agree with everything that the film says, but it's kind of just about the culture of like guys getting girls drunk or like slipping some of them into their drink, bringing them back home, sexually assaulting them, that sort of thing kind of flips that script. Um, to an extent, Carrie Mulligan plays the main character. Um, it, it, it's, it's complicated. I'm sure it's very I'm sure it's a very satisfying and almost cathartic experience for some people. Um for me I didn't find it to be cathartic. I thought it was very kind of thought provoking, but at the same time I I I struggled maybe isn't the right word. I just straight up like didn't agree with some of the um perspectives, some of the messages that the film kind of wants you to take away from it, but I think that's a sign of a a solid film, if nothing else, right? It means you're thinking about it. Um, Carrie Mulligan, I 
assume is nominated for Best Actress. I don't know that for sure, but I assume. So that's a solid film. It's it's very watchable. It's very like high production value. I mean, as all of these are, but like high entertainment value as well. Um, next up is one that I probably should see because it's probably really worth watching. I don't know if I can because it, it just seems like an emotional gut punch. The Father, Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. My understanding of it is just the basic premise where Anthony Hopkins plays a father, a.k.a. the father, and he starts developing um, Alzheimer's, and it's just his descent into that and his kind of coming to terms with it. And Olivia Coleman, um, I think, was probably also nominated maybe for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Anthony Hopkins was nominated again for Best Actor. How many nominations does that guy have? It's, it's, it's nuts. Um, so you know it's a good film. Um, it's just one where it's like, are you in the right emotional headspace for it? So that's the father. Um, this next one we have seen Judas and the black Messiah. We watched that last weekend. Uh, it's the story of Fred Hampton, Chicago guy, local, um, and Fred Hampton and, uh, Bill, what's his name? The guy, uh, played by Keith Stanfield. It's Daniel Kaluuya, Keith Stanfield. They both got nominated for best supporting actor, um, which I was kind of surprised that uh, they 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 subbed Kaluuya into Best Supporting and not Best Actor because it really felt like he was like the centerpiece of that film. But it's really good, um, written very well, and as you can tell from the title, Judas and the Black Messiah, very sad as well. But kind of like Minari, a very timely, uh, appropriate film, and definitely worth watching. Uh, the next one here is on Netflix, Trial of Chicago 7, also a Chicago film. we got two Chicago films in here. Uh, that's one that we've been meaning to watch, haven't gotten to it yet. I know I would like it. I mean, it's Aaron Sorkin. Like, I mean, that guy just doesn't miss. He he makes good films. Um, and then they, the cast is, is loaded. It's, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen got nominated. And um, what else? Who else is in it? Eddie Redmayne, right? Um, there's a bunch of a bunch of people in it, high quality actors and actresses, um, but it's another true story like um, Judas and the Black Messiah. So definitely one that I'm going to check out at some point when I get to it, um, and it's on Netflix, so it's very accessible. How many how many nominees were there? What have we done so far? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Only eight this year. I think they've been pushing it up to nine the last couple of years, but it looks like there's only eight this year. Um, I think we've done seven, right? Chicago seven, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Woman, Minari, Mank, Judas, and The Father. Last one is one I watched a little over a month ago, Nomad Land, uh, done by Chloe Zhao who did, uh, if you've seen the super like art house indie film, The Rider, from maybe four years ago, that's Chloe Zhao. This was her third film, I think. I haven't seen the other one she did. I don't remember what it's called. But um, her films are very notable in that they largely use real actors, uh, and they kind of blur. They're not documentaries, right? Documentaries are very like specific kind of filmmaking style but in a sense they're very similar right because they're real people playing themselves or semi-fictionalized versions of themselves just kind of 
act not acting just like doing their normal lives um and obviously they receive you know direction and scripts and all that stuff but it's just like they're just being filmed in their lives that's what nomadland is is about um it's it's francis mcdormand of course gunning for her third um best actress win she's previously won for fargo and three billboards outside ebbing missouri right am i right um so that's nomadland i really enjoyed it it's very sad um it's kind of got like a florida project vibe to it and that it's just like a deep dive into a very specific um subset of american culture american lifestyle this is about you know people who choose you know choose to be uh homeless isn't the right way i would categorize them because they live in rvs but you know whatever the word is for that anyways so that's what nomadland is about those are the eight nominees again i closed my list here i'll see if i can remember it we have nomadland the sound of metal or sound of metal the father promising young woman Mank, Minari, Trial of Chicago 7, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Those are the eight. So you might be thinking, wow, well, who, betting odds, right? Who do I pick for best picture? I have no idea. Based off of what I know of just these films, and I mean, the Oscars is all politics, right? The, I mean, obviously deciding what film is the best of the year is, is going to be subjective no matter whom you ask. But sometimes there are films that are clearly not the best aka green book that end up winning um so it's a lot of politics so i'm trying to think like what what i know of not only these films because i've seen half of them half of them i haven't but also like what do i know about their campaigns and i'm trying to think who is going to win best picture here it's not going to be minari because the academy is not going to give um a, a korean film two straight two straight best pictures right um what was the name of the movie that won last year parasite it's not going to happen they're not going to give it to the father because that's just like a classic anthony hopkins like the two popes like it's a great movie but no one's going to be like yeah this is the best picture it's not going to be sound of metal the drumming movies never get it um so i don't think it's going to be Judas and the Black Messiah, because I don't think it was like from a critical perspective, people liked it, but weren't like, this is the greatest thing of all time. And that leaves us with, did I say Promising Young Woman yet? I don't think it's going to be that, because I think that's this movie, from what I understand of all these, is probably the weakest, just from a film perspective, from a quality perspective. I still liked it, but I don't think it was, you know, even close to being like, this should be best picture. That leaves us with Mank, Chicago 7, and Nomadland. And I don't think they're going to give it to Chicago 7. I could see that. I could see Sorkin winning screenplay if it was nominated, but I don't think it's going to be best picture. It leaves us with Mank and Nomadland. And Mank kind of feels like the one they might want to go for because it's Hollywood making a movie about Hollywood. But they, that trend has been bucked in the last couple of years. I mean, La La Land lost to moonlight and um once upon a time in hollywood lost 
what was that, two years ago? Whomever won was that Green Book that it lost to? I don't remember. Um, so I'm going to pick Nomadland. It just, I don't know, something about it. And I could be way off. But that's my pick. If you're curious for best picture, I am going to pick Nomadland. Francis McDormand, Chloe Zhao, because I think it won the Golden Globe in its category as well, which we watched. That was a month ago. So I'm just going to go for it and see what happens, okay? Lock it in, Howie. I'll take that deal. Nomadland is my pick for best picture. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Make your picks as well. There are so many other categories that we did not get into. And if you have the chance, um, you know, wherever you might be listening from, if you ever get the chance, just in general, not just this year, but always to... Um, oftentimes local theaters will do like a, a package deal where you get to watch all five of the, um, live action shorts together or all five of the animated shorts together. Totally worth it because those are smaller projects that almost no one ever sees. But I got the chance when I lived in Baltimore to go to the Charles Theater and see those each year they were nominated. Really fantastic. And in a similar vein, if you ever come across, you know, whether you're at the theater or on a streaming service or wherever, uh, and you get the chance to see um, one of the foreign films, those are also fantastic, right? I mean, there are 197 countries in the world, something like that, and a lot of them are submitting films, Not maybe not a lot, but like maybe half of them or a third of them are submitting films to be considered. And there's only five at the end of the day, at the end of the day that get get considered. I've never watched a foreign film nominated, a foreign nominated film, whatever, but nominated for best, uh, nominated for the Oscar and walked away disappointed. Right. Every time I finish, I'm like, this was amazing. Okay. You obviously have to commit to watching the subtitles. So you know what's going on, but they're usually really fantastic. Okay, so those are my only PSAs. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Home Pride Oregon. Um, When you need a home inspected in Central Oregon and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, call Steve. He's my dad. His number is 541-410-0316. Or you can visit homeprideoregon.com and get your home inspected at a high quality and an affordable price. If you want a great haircut in the Chicagoland area, you can uh, email cutsbyq at yahoo.com or you can call us at 815-298-7200 and get a $20 flat rate haircut uh, now offering cornrows. Uh, I will be offering cornrows if anyone asks. I haven't in the past offered them, but I'm ready to offer them now. Also a shout out to the Samson Q2U series. I actually have another Samson Q2U series uh, in my online shopping cart ready to go. I just have to pull the trigger and then we'll be back to two. Uh, But that's what I got for you. I promised I would keep it short and we are at 30 minutes. So that is where I'm going to cut myself off. Uh, The Oscars air tonight, I believe 7 p.m. Central, although I actually have no idea. That's just my guess on ABC. Again, just my guess. Don't actually know. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope wherever you are, you're getting some nice spring weather. And I hope that you are staying safe and staying sane. So let's cue up our exit music here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name has been Quinn David Furness, and it will continue to be that. And I am going to check in on you next time. Bye. Bye.